0: The sports world has been greening itself for most of the century, but despite these efforts, most fans have no idea. That changes now. Welcome to Green Sports Pod. Hosted by Lou Blaustein, Green Sports Pod highlights the successes, challenges, and opportunities to green the games we love to watch and play, and give you the chance to hear from the athletes who are taking positive environmental actions. Learn more and subscribe to the show today at greensportsblog.com.
1: Hi there, I'm Lou Blaustein, and welcome to episode 13 of Green Sports Pod, and it's an Earth Week edition to boot. Today's guest is Joanne Pasternak, president and chief impact officer of Oliver Rose, a sports philanthropy agency, and she's also the founder of Athletes Voices, a webinar series that features athletes and others speaking out on important social issues. I was excited to talk with Pasternak about her work to help teams, athletes, and brands take on a variety of societal problems, including environmental and climate issues. As you will hear throughout, family is a common thread for the former head of the San Francisco 49ers and Golden State Warriors Foundations, or shall I say families. There is her immediate family, and then there is her family of athletes. On the latter, she has helped a myriad of athletes have positive impacts in their communities while building their purpose brands. And as far as her immediate family is concerned, it is fitting that we are talking with Joanne Pasternak during Earth Week.
2: My father's name was Bruce Pasternak. He passed away on january thirteenth of, of this year of 2021. But long before anybody spoke of green sports in reference to anything other than the New York Jets or the Philadelphia Eagles or, you know, really the, even the Oakland Athletics in, in terms of colors, my dad was an advocate around the environment through his training as an engineer, and he was part of the Ford administration and helped to, to develop the concept of Earth Day as part of a larger economic strategy around the Council on Environmental Quality. And From my youngest days as an infant growing up in Washington D.C., I learned about the importance of conservation, not just because my dad would follow us around by turning off all of the lights as we entered and exited rooms, and as he spoke about the Alaska Pipeline Project and other things, but really just as a way of life. And so from my earliest days, I knew that conservation was something that we had an obligation to integrate into our day-to-day lives. But as I watched and as I learned and as I emerged into this world of sports, I saw that there was an opportunity to integrate it into what we were doing as athletes, what we were doing as advocates, and now in my work that I do with Oliver Rose and with Athletes Voices, to really stand up and speak up and speak out about the importance of protecting and preserving our planet.
1: While at the University of Pennsylvania, Joanne Pasternak took the passion for the environment that was passed down by her dad with her to what turned out to be a formative internship with the Nature Conservancy.
2: I worked in a campaign that was about protecting the bison in the preserves out in the Midwest, in South Dakota and in Nebraska and other places. And what we learned from that experience was that if you could personify a bison. So we named them. There was Rosie. I mean, I remember all the names were were pretty fantastic. Bertha, Rosie, all women for some reason, but we had, I want to say there was a Malcolm though as well. But what we were doing is we were enabling people to think about these fabulous animals out in the preserves, not as nameless, faceless beings, but as individuals who were meaningful and meaningful not just because they existed but because they made a difference in the environment that they were in. And so it's the same thing that we do in the world of sports philanthropy. It's bringing causes to life and making them mean something because of the people who are influencing those causes or the people who are impacted by the causes. And so as we look at green sports as as a platform, it's not about the grass growing in the outfield, it's about why the grass is important to be grown in the outfield and it's about how we're growing that grass as well. So are we using reclaimed water, and why is it important that we're using the reclaimed water, and why do the athletes care or not care about how the grass is being grown, and kind of connecting all of that together. Sports have a unique way of enabling fans to embrace a cause because their heroes on the field, on the pitch, on the ice, are doing so as well.
1: Pasternak's love of sports and her work in the sports philanthropy world actually predates her college days, the Nature Conservancy, and the Bison. It goes back to childhood.
2: I was in a really bad car accident when I was little. I was five years old. I lost most of the use of my right arm for some period of time, regained it to some degree, but didn't really like people telling me what I couldn't do from the youngest of ages. In fact, rumor has it that one of my first words was self, because when people would try to do things for me, I would say self, I can do this myself. Figure skating found me because I went to a, a birthday party at White Flint Mall when I was little in the suburbs of D.C. And I looked at it and I thought, gosh, you know, you don't have to use your arm. It, it caters to people who are a little bit on the shorter side, which I am. And I, I dove into it and it, it became a passion of mine. When I was a, a young teenager, I found Special Olympics because my coach was coaching a session for Special Olympics immediately after my Saturday morning training. And I was sitting there at the rink waiting for my mom to pick me up. She was out shepherding my brother and sister around to their various Saturday morning activities as well. And my coach asked me if I'd be interested in helping out. And that's where I found that connectivity between sports and social good and self-confidence and finding my voice. And through this young woman named Tiffany who shared everything in common with me, we liked the same music, we liked just about everything that a 14 year old girl would like. The only thing that was different between us was that Tiffany had one extra number 21 chromosome, which meant that she had Down syndrome and I didn't. Other than that, we were very similar. Tiffany was being bullied at school at the time. I was too. I was a skinny little thing with red curly hair As a result, I felt like I couldn't be my true self. Tiffany was in an integrated program at the school and was being bullied because for her school, academically, it was more difficult. We together created an event to showcase what Tiffany was learning in this skating program. And it was everything. I mean, it really made a huge difference for both of us because I saw myself as a leader for the first time. And Tiffany saw herself as somebody who was better than almost everybody else in her class at something. And that was really the start of my career as a sports philanthropist. Pasternak
1: took her ethos of sports and athletes making a difference to her job in the community relations department with the NFL's San Francisco 49ers. She was with the club when they were planning and building Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara starting in 2012. It became the first LEED Gold certified NFL stadium shortly after it opened in 2014.
2: We were building Levi's Stadium and we were looking at ways to really engage the community. We were very fortunate at the San Francisco 49ers to have a CEO who was incredibly focused on not only creating the best stadium and the best fan experience, but also a stadium that would be the most environmentally forward thinking of its time. And so Jed York stepped forward and said, and and I mean, this was genuine down to the fact that in our cafeteria, before anybody was doing this, we had composting and we had recycling. And we, I remember when we bought a company car that was a Prius through our Toyota partnership, but Jed insisted that if you were going to go and you needed a company car to go do something, you needed to check out the Prius to do this because he wanted to reduce our carbon footprint.
1: Team owner Jed York was keen on making the environment core to the stadium's DNA. He also wanted to connect the fan base to the stadium's greenness from day one.
2: We created this initiative that was called the Field of Jeans, where we gathered 15,000 15,000 previously loved jeans, and we created overnight, I mean, it was it was We started it at, I want to say like 8 p.m. And we were done by 8 a.m. the next day. And we have a time-lapse video of this where a crew of like 100 volunteers from Levi's, from the 49ers, our grounds crew, we laid the jeans out in this pattern that created a recycling symbol. And then all those jeans were donated to Goodwill Industries so that they could be reused, reworn, resold, or recycled to use for organic materials. But that's what we did before we even played the first game in that stadium was this really cool time-lapse video was created. So Google it because it's out there. Field of Jeans, Levi's Stadium, 2014. Are 15,000 recycled jeans going to change the world? Are they going to save our planet? No, absolutely not. But what they are going to do is create using the power of social media and the resources that we had using something like the fact that we had the ability to set up time-lapse video and then to amplify that and have millions and millions of viewers, we're at least saying like, you know that pair of jeans that you have sitting in your closet that you want to fit back into, but (laughs) for any of us who have sat on our rear ends watching or, you know, being on zoom calls through COVID, we know we might never fit in these jeans again you can give them another life. And it's just kind of challenging people to think creatively, and that's the power of sport.
1: Pasternak moved back up to San Francisco, working on philanthropy with the NBA's Golden State Warriors just as they were building an opening Chase Center, their lead gold arena. Wherever Joanne Pasternak goes, a lead gold venue seems sure to follow. Anyway, she worked with one of the Warriors' corporate partners to connect fans to the outdoor environment, even though the team plays in an indoor arena.
2: It was Kaiser Permanente coming in and creating this Thrive City model and looking at the green spaces that were going to be created around the arena. And what could we do? And how could we inspire people to take advantage of the outdoor environment and the natural proclivity in the San Francisco Bay Area to get out get out and play, ride your bike, outdoor concerts, now, no one could have predicted COVID and the inability to gather in groups, but regardless, the pathways, the bike paths, the, the open spaces that were created, and then again, the commitment to providing a home for a farmer's market, providing spaces for local chefs and organic produce and other things was immediately part of the plan as the arena was being built. With
1: Oliver Rose, Pasternak continues to stir sports, athletes, and brands together in a magical mix that benefits the Bay Area community.
2: I'm working on a project with this really amazing nonprofit called Magical Bridge Playground. Magical Bridge creates inclusive play spaces that are accessible for kids with and without, and adults, with and without disabilities. And so if you have two children and one has physical limitations and the other is a typical child and you want to take both of them to the park and you want both of them to be able to play on the playground at the same time on the same playground apparatus, if you go to a typical playground, that's going to be virtually impossible. With a Magical Bridge playground play space, you'll be able to do that. They'll both be able to play together. And as a parent, you'll be able to stand there and enjoy both of them playing together at the same time. What's magical about Magical Bridge is that we've leaned in and we've partnered up with sports teams to create really fun, integrative, innovative spaces. We've partnered up with local innovators to make sure that these spaces are green spaces as well. We're using recycled materials. We're using innovative technologies. And then we're also looking at how we can bring more visibility by having athletes join us. So it just did an event couple weeks ago on National Down Syndrome Awareness Day with a 49ers alumnus, Ian Williams, who has leaned in very heavily to support abilities mattering. And we talked about the green initiatives. We talked about the inclusivity around it. And we talked about how all kids deserve a place that's safe for them to play and to play together. So you're, you're pulling it all together. But Where it got really fun was when we were talking about the recycled tires that had been used to to create non-toxic, bouncy, and non-environmentally invasive play surfaces that were also wheelchair accessible.
1: So Oliver Rose with Pasternak at the helm is the ultimate sports philanthropy connector, or as her grandmother would have said,
2: my grandmother would have called me a Yenta. You know, it was like the old Yiddish word that means I'm a matchmaker here. It's my my natural desire to figure out who belongs to whom and why and to figure out why people should be working together. I I think the competitor in me wants people to win, but the teammate in me wants people to win together. And that's what I'm able to do with Oliver Rose is essentially... I find myself, I I actually, I call it my cocktail party trick. It's throw four things at me and I'm going to figure out a way to make them work together in a manner that enables all of them to really thrive and to do something bigger and better than they would have done as separate entities. So I can start from any of those four points. I can start with the corporate, with the nonprofit, with the problem that we need to solve, with the athlete, and kind of take it from any of those angles or from two of those or three of those and come up with a way that we can amplify a message.
1: Pasternak also recently launched Athletes Voices, a monthly webinar series in partnership with Harvard, in which athletes and others in the Sports for Good arena take on tough issues from mental health to play equity and more. They offer differing opinions and try to come up with real workable solutions. I was honored to be a panelist in an Athletes' Voices event earlier this year on green sports, and I can tell you, you had to be on your game. That session, and one panelist in particular, had a real impact on Pasternak.
2: Athletes' Voices was created based on this premise that athletes can and should be able to speak on any topic that's of interest to them, regardless of what people believe they should be speaking about. There was a woman who was on that panel who you were kind enough to introduce me to, Alexandra. Alexandra is a sailor originally from Jamaica who competes on behalf of Great Britain. Alexandra is passionate about ocean conservation. And she's passionate about it because having spent her life on the ocean, she knows that the degradation of our waters will impact her sport and her love of the water. She spoke for probably 45 minutes, and it only came up towards the very end that she happens to be a tetraplegic and that she competes in the Paralympic side of her sport. And what I love about this woman was that her passion is around the environmental aspects of it and has absolutely nothing to do with how she moves about the world, Period. And she didn't come onto this panel because she happens to be a tetraplegic. She came onto the panel because she's an environmental activist.
1: Alexandra Rickham is an advisory board member of EcoAthletes, a nonprofit I launched last April to inspire and coach athletes to lead climate action. She's also an EcoAthletes champion and is a green sports rock star. Another eco-athletes champion who was part of that Athletes Voices panel prompted Pasternak to become philosophical about the cost of climate inaction.
2: One of my favorite, favorite guys who played for the Niners is Brian Jennings, who was a long snapper in the league for a tremendous amount of time. Brian is one of the greatest health advocates I know. He lives as he speaks and he is a master yoga instructor. He is tremendously committed to healthy lifestyle. He's a green advocate. He practices as he speaks. And so when Brian stands up and starts talking about how to live a healthy lifestyle and how to minimize his carbon footprint, he's doing that every single day. So there's authenticity behind it. So if somebody comes to me and they'd like for somebody to speak about holistic living, I would love for them to have Brian be their spokesperson versus a different athlete who may seem a little snazzier from a visibility standpoint, but who won't be able to speak as naturally or authentically around that platform.
1: For Pasternak, when it comes to green brands that want to connect with athletes, she will only recommend those who walk the green walk as well as talk the green talk.
2: Amy Steele, who had her entire life upended by heat stroke, and just kind of taking a step back and in a predictive fashion saying what does the world look like as we look forward 5, 10, 20, 30 years from now if we don't step in right now and start to think about what our world becomes when we aren't taking an interest today. It reminds me of that story, The Lorax, you know, by Dr. Seuss. And also, you know, as somebody who grew up with a very, very strong Jewish education and has hanging here on my wall, you know, the poem that's that really talks about why we need to remember that even if somebody isn't coming after me, that if I don't speak up today, that eventually nobody will be left to speak for me. That, to me, is the reason why speaking up and speaking out about conservation is important today is because everybody can end up as Amy has with their career upended because of something that doesn't feel like it's a problem yet where they are, but that will eventually be the worst sunburn I have ever had in my entire life. And full disclosure, because we're on radio and not on TV, I am a redheaded person with freckles and very fair skin. So sunburn is a way of life for me. But the worst sunburn I've ever had was when I was on the Gold Coast in Australia. And even though My dad used to chase us around with sunblock. I still got a blistering sunburn on my shoulders. It was in Australia. And I remember that moment and I remember my dad saying to me that Joanne is a hole in the ozone layer and that is what climate change looks like.
1: As I said at the top and as you've heard throughout, family plays a seminal role in Pasternak's approach to sports philanthropy, including on green issues. This next cut, weaves in her grandma, her brother, her son, and climate action in a very naval way.
2: My grandma had this expression, which it took me a really long time to understand it, but she used to say, and I'm sure it sounded better in Yiddish, but she would say, people only care about their own belly buttons. And, and it's funny because when she was like 90-ish, I asked her one day, I'm like, grandma, you, you say that a lot, what does it mean? And she said, well, truthfully, you only care about the things that you fed or that fed you. So in other words, the umbilical cord. What are you connected to, right? So it wasn't so much, like I always thought of it, it was like the thing that's right in front of you, but really it was the things that feed you or that you are fed by. And so again, one of the reasons why as we were rejiggering the way that we approached philanthropy and outreach to athletes at the 49ers and why we were so successful. And we brought athlete engagement from 62% to 100% just by asking athletes which causes they wanted to lean into when we step back, the causes they were ultimately leaning into were ones that had directly impacted them. So the reason why it doesn't feel like environmental issues directly impact you is because it is easy to feel like it's an arm's length transaction because you don't walk outside and cough and go, oh, that must be because there's air pollution. Like you you don't walk outside and say that. You walk outside and say, oh, there's something that must have like, I must have breathed in funny or whatever. And so it's, bringing the relevancy to it in a way where it becomes more, right now, more relatable. I was just, I, I drove to visit my brother in Las Vegas where he lives a few weeks ago. And we drove through the desert, as you do when you're driving from California to Las Vegas. And you see the the, the impact because you see the signs that say, damn drought, I think it was, D-A-M drought. And, and it's about water usage and reminding people that California is in a constant state of either drought or near drought and that we need to think about how we're using water.
1: One thing that is very relevant in sports, especially during this COVID-19 era, is the environment of the locker room, keeping it as safe as possible from pathogens. Pasternak sees Oliver Rose's work with a client in this space as illustrative of the broader climate fight.
2: I'm working with a company right now called Applied Silver, which is an antimicrobial additive that goes into industrial laundry. We're in a bunch of locker rooms, and it's a very natural way to, it's using silver, really a silver product, to eliminate pathogens inside of locker rooms. And so we're, we're fighting MRSA and staph infections and things like that. When we had the opportunity to have the product at the Niner's locker room, and we showed that the efficacy data showed that 99999 percent of all these, the bacteria was eliminated just by putting this product in. It was so obvious that the efficacy data was there. They were like, cool. Yeah, this is worth it. We're good. We're just going to do why it. Why wouldn't we do it? Yeah, of course. It's like, why wouldn't we? There's nothing, there's nothing to suggest that we wouldn't do it. So again, th- you can look at it from the negative. Like, here's the problem. If we don't, or, Look how easy it is and how much better it is when we do.
1: Applied silver is one of many examples of the 49ers investing in environmental sustainability at Levi Stadium. Some might think that these investments don't pay off. Think again, says Joanne Pasternak.
2: The 49ers have demonstrated that not only were they not losing money, Were they not losing fan engagement? Were they not creating something that was less efficient, less effective, or a lesser game day experience for their fans? But they actually up-leveled on all of those. And so now you have a product that's superior. You have a game day experience that's superior. You have a great story to tell. And by the way, the lettuce that you're eating with your hamburger, your veggie burger, or whatever, your salad is actually tastier and oh, by the way, you're actually doing something that's good for the environment? Like, okay, why not? Why you not? You wouldn't
1: sign on for that. Right.
2: So so, so we can look at it, the corollary, you know, it's like, okay, so we can talk to you about why it's great to do it for the environment, or we can just talk to you why it's great to do it for business. And ultimately, the great for business, and it's also just great, those are the arguments that win every time. And as a philanthropist, and as a sports philanthropist, and as just a person who likes to be doing good stuff in the world, I always look at it from that perspective. It's like, I don't like to talk to people about social responsibility is something that, like I shouldn't have to convince you that you should be a socially responsible individual or company or whatever, because that to me is a given. Like we're born knowing what the right thing is to do. And if you watch any two year old, they know when they take a toy from another two year old at preschool that they're doing the wrong thing. That's why they hide the toy. But it's when we become grownups, that we start to forget about that part and we start to look at it from a revenue generation standpoint. If I take that toy and I resell it and I make money off of it. So let's go back to that route. If we already know what the right thing is to do, if we can do the right thing and make money, awesome.
1: Awesome indeed. I, for one, will bet on Joanne Pasternak and Oliver Rose any day to harness the power of athletes to lead positive change, including on the environment and climate. If you'd like to learn more about Oliver Rose, visit oliverrosellc.com. If you would like to check out the monthly Athlete's Voices webinars and you'll be glad you did, go to athletespluralvoices.org. And thank you again for listening to Green Sports Pod and for reading Green Sports Blog. Follow us on Twitter at greensportsblog and on Instagram at greensportsbloger. That's it for now, and see you next time.
0: You've been listening to Green Sports Pod, hosted by Lou Blaustein. Subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And head on over to greensportsblog.com, the source for news and commentary at the intersection of green and sports. Thanks, and we'll see you next time on Green Sports Pod.